Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about the new Sundial boss, Inatam. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live around these times if you want to come in. If you're on YouTube, hitting like, share, subscribe, and the little bell button also helps me out. So I want to talk about the Inatam Sundial boss for a couple of reasons. There was a lot of concern about how this was going to feel. There was a pretty humorous Reddit thread that Dylan, uh, DMG, one of the community managers, retweeted where the guy said, everybody's expectations should be low. It'll probably be another undying mind uh, and it'll be really blame and he actually said it'd be cool if they would do all these things and they actually did all the things he suggested so he came back and said oh my goodness I was so wrong so if you haven't played it yet check it out it's really really fun Uh, it's very very different than the other fights and it actually includes all three Uh, it includes all three of the other sundial bosses so we're kind of theorizing that Inotam is here to stay and if you're trying to get those triumphs done it counts so if you haven't got a triumph done for one of the three sundial bosses make sure you get shots on them because you teleport they die kind of quickly make sure you get shots on them if your team's kind of burning them down quickly and it'll count for the triumph so more than likely we're not going back to any of the old bosses they're basically included in the Inotam fight and it does count for your triumphs so he's probably here to stay so I'm going to give you my first impressions of the fight then I'm going to talk about Legend Sundial because I think that is part of the the, the dilemma here with some of the, how this content's landing I like the Inatam fight but I still think Legend Sundial is not good content and then I want to end by talking about reward and challenge uh, just you know how we're thinking about crescendos like this where we're ramping up difficulty or adding a new boss so first impressions I love the new location especially after corridors of time suddenly going to an area that doesn't look like any of the areas within the Sundial activities you know you're not going to a planet or a version of a planet you're going to a room that's very similar to all the rooms in corridors of time i like that that was a nice touch it was all of a sudden like because when we got teleported i wasn't looking and i looked up and i was like oh my gosh what is this so i like that i liked it i liked a different location and then the sending us is cool he he sends you it's a three-piece fight he is health gated i know sometimes people don't like that because you can't burn him down it's a lot of plate standing and a lot of oh the three sections of his health but i do think the flow of the fight is good it's not like the other fights (coughs) Excuse me. There are mechanics. You do have to stand on the plates. You get teleported and you got to kill the guys. Overall, I think this was the right way to do it. We couldn't suddenly go into a fight that was insanely hard or insanely complex because it is a match made activity. But they also couldn't just, oh, where? Here's here's Inatam and go to the same room, same fight, just like the other Sundial bosses. That was one of, I think, the downsides to the Sundial was that the bosses were all very samey, same room, and they did have different mechanics. But there wasn't a lot of depth and there wasn't a lot of dynamics to the fights. So I think overall, this was a good move. This was a good way to do it. This is significantly better and more satisfying than the Undying Mine. It's a different fight. It's a different flow. And Undying Mine was the exact same fight. They just swapped out what the boss looked like, essentially, which was a bit of a downer. I think this was a better crescendo. It also paired really well with the switch for you know, Empyrean Foundation because more people are probably going to be running Sundial going for their Fractaline to add to the, you know, to add to the contribution or to add what you should be doing first couple of weeks if you want if you want if you want to maximize you should be giving to the planetary obelisks but if you're donating and contributing have fun doing that it's a great grind you're getting a lot of the bounties completed i'll do another video about how to approach that but i do want to talk about legend because that was something that we obviously did there's a triumph to beat him at legend or higher in difficulty i don't think we're going to get a higher difficulty than legend people were speculating that when they saw the triumph you know you had to beat in a tam at legend or higher saying oh there might be difficulties beyond legend i don't think that's going to happen but we did it just to see get the triumph and see what it felt like 
I think Legend is just not fun uh, content. I don't think it's fun content. I don't think the way that the modifiers land is enjoyable. I also don't think it's that particularly challenging. They don't actually make the content feel more difficult. They make it feel more frustrating and slow, tedious, and painful. I don't enjoy content like that. And because they added Extinguish, they can't have matchmaking. So a lot of people are kind of feeling like, well, I can't even run it. Even if I wanted to, I gotta find other people to play with. So you take a matchmade activity and suddenly remove matchmaking, and it's seasonal. I don't think Legend's landing in the way that it should be landing. Right now, if I were Bungie, as the crescendo of the season is happening, I would remove the extinguish modifier and allow people to matchmake into Legend so more and more people can get the triumph without needing to find and make a team, because I don't think it's necessary. I would love to see them making the content either more engaging or more fun with modifiers. At the present, they take away the good modifiers. I think I think that's one of the primary problems I have with it. So right now, I just ran Sundial on normal with a solar... Uh, Way of a Thousand Cuts Hunter with Ophidius Bath. So with Solar Burn, Solar Singe, and Brawler, I'm constantly throwing Knife Trick, I'm having fun, I'm feeding myself my super energy, I'm using finishers to generate heavy animal. I was running Xenophage, it suddenly made me want to get an arc version of Ophidius Space so I could run you know, the double reserve perk for machine guns and have more ammo for the Xenophage. I was like, oh, that'd be a really fun build. As soon as you cross over from normal into legend, the good modifiers go away and you're suddenly dealing with pestilence, locked equipment, match game, Inotam's Clepsidria, or whatever that is, and then extinguish. They just take all the fun out and they pile on the pain. I don't think that's the right pivot. Number one, it feels too sharp. It feels like the pendulum is a giant swing away from what would be enjoyable into a swing of, I mean, if you read some of these, Inatam's thing is arc damage is increased and environment mental damage is increased. Well, there's arc, there's arc stuff on the floor, right? There's the there's the Vex Milk and all these different places in, in some of the fights, and it's just like that just makes it more painful. You're not actually changing the way that you're playing. You're you're just dying faster if you happen to make a flub jump or land in arc, or somebody shoots you with arc. Match game, it just again, it just it takes the fun away. You're not you, you don't even leave solar burn, you take solar singe away. So Overall, I think modifiers should modify my playstyle, not make me feel like a punching bag. That's fundamentally where I think the flaw is here. This feels like heroic menagerie. Instead of making something that is either, either truly difficult or has lots of dynamics and depth to it and variety, it just feels painful and unfun. I really am going to continue to cite the 980 nightmare hunts going for time trials is one of the only times I felt like I was challenged in a true way where I could analyze my loadout, play differently and have increased success. I didn't feel like I had to hide. I didn't feel like I had to constantly stand in wells and bubbles. That's primarily what people did in Heroic Menagerie, and that's basically my advice to you if you run Legend Sundial against Inotam. Just bring Titan bubbles and wells, and everybody's standing around just face-tanking lots of damage because they take away your sense of power, and they give it all to the enemy. I really hope that they continue to think differently about this, which is related to my final point. Reward and challenge. I do think the seasonal structure is a challenge due to time constraints. If they make it too difficult and they make it way, way too rewarding and it's reserved for like the last month or the back half of the season, people might be frustrated because it takes them too long to get in there or when they finally get in there, they struggle to get it done and they're they're up against the, the clock of the season ending. So I understand, right? I understand that the, the way they've structured this is a challenge. It is a challenge with the way they've built it to say, hey, 
you know, if you're going to put something really awesome or really challenging, it's going to be, I think it's going to be tough for people to enjoy that in a seasonal format. I'll grant you that premise and that point. However, they could use the first month to roll everything out with respect to bosses or challenge. Use that first month, you got four weeks. Then you have the remaining eight weeks for people to gear up and get in there and get the stuff. I think that's reasonable If people got really frustrated at that. I would say that that's kind of the way the game has always been, that there's certain loot reserved for higher difficulty content. Now Bungie may hear this suggestion and say, no way we're not going to do that. We don't want anybody ending the season on a sour note. We don't want them feeling like the season's ending and they're bummed out because they didn't get the thing or they didn't get strong enough to do the thing. I think that's one of the reasons that the Empyrean Foundation is just going to literally drown you with loot. You will not be able to end this season and claim that you didn't get a chance at a god roll. It's absurd how much loot they're giving you in Empyrean Foundation. I'll do a video about how you can do that and maximize how many guns you're getting and getting lots of god rolls is always a fun time it is unfortunately dropping from bounties in the tower that's not nearly as exciting i do think it should you know maybe in the future they could tie it to activities maybe tie it to a boss drop it'd be pretty cool to to load up a bunch of empyrean foundation contributions and donations and then go run sundial and see like a just a cluster of engrams popping out of the boss as opposed to clicking a button in the tower that might be a better way to have it feel more organic and tied to gameplay overall though i do think if you left the second and third months for things to be a little bit more hard a little bit more challenging or more rewarding I think that would be awesome and I think they're leaning into that right they're leaning into that structure the further you get on the obelisks the further you get on the season pass and with Empyrean Foundation they're just turning up the dial on generosity at the end of the season which I believe is a smart call people are going to remember that they're going to think fondly about hey at the end of the season I was just getting tons of loot I want to buy the next season that was really fun getting lots of guns and, and trying out the different roles and and getting lots of loot. Lots of loot tends to, I think, drive engagement. It doesn't actually diminish engagement. By and large, I think Inatam's cool. I think it's way better than Undying Mind. I just really don't think Legends Landing is a capstone for the activity or a capstone for the end of the seasonal activity and they could really think differently about, I think, modifiers, challenge, and reward for maybe future seasonal content. We're going to transition to Q&A. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, so come hang out. If not, uh, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my uh, review and kind of impressions about the final Sundial boss in Atam. Uh, if you're listening to this in any of the locations, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, or if you're on YouTube, you can hit like, share, subscribe, hit the little bell button, leave a comment. That really helps me out on YouTube. Thank you for doing that. If you are doing that, let's jump into the first question from Joystick. Are you going to GCX this year? Uh, for those of you that don't know, Guardian Con has been renamed to GCX Gaming community expo and i will be there i've already got my tickets to the resort i gotta buy a ticket to the event still but i will be there i just go and hang out and shake hands and and meet the community it's been it's been such a fun time every year um likely be working e3 this year as well but gcx is mainly just a time for me to hang out with you guys it's a really really good time so hopefully i see a bunch of you there uh sharadsky do you think that it is right or wrong that we're not aware of what the final awards for donating Fractaline are. Part of me is worried that we are not shown the final goal so that the event can be prolonged. I mean, I this is this is almost a guarantee. They don't want us to finish it in a week, and they also don't want it to not happen. Um, so more than likely, they didn't show us the final. What other reason could there be? <laughs> what other reason could there be for not showing us the final? the final steps and stages 
The only reason I could think of is if we hit it too fast or we're not going to hit it, they can make adjustments. Um, I, to me, it's it's still a fun event and it's still cool even if they're even if they're moving the goalposts in the background and not telling us. It's going to be more exciting as a community to watch the meter fill every week and every day as opposed to burning through it in a week or not hitting it. Either of those results would be lame. Like, I know people are being like, well, this is, they're just misleading us. It's not, we don't even really need to do this. We're going to get the triumph anyway. Okay, negative Nancy and negative Ned. You'd be complaining just as much, if not more, if we burn through it in a week. Yeah, good job, Bungie. Great community event. It took us five days. And if they actually made it failable, people would say the same thing. Good, good job, Bungie. Puh. Apparently, you don't even know your community because we didn't get it done. That's what you sound like. Like, it's a fun event. We can watch the tracker. We can watch the Twitter feeds. It's in-game. You can go to the tower and see this thing changing. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it was failable or burned through in a couple of days, they would have complained about that. You know? The negative Nancys and the negative Neds are exhausting. They're tiring. It's just like, just stop. Just enjoy the event. We're getting a ton of guns. Go get your Fractaline, turn it in the tower, get your frames, get your guns, and shut the frick up. Like, you know, it's like, come on. Can't we just have fun? We got sideliners trying to take shots and subtweet about how we shouldn't be telling people how to play. Nobody's telling people how to play. We're having fun. We're saying this is the best way to maximize contributions were being goofy Chevy said you know don't believe Bungie's lies like goofing around having fun you know so either either have fun and join in or just I don't know go somewhere else you know you're like sitting on the sides of the street at a parade being like it's not that great your floats are pretty unrealistic and I'm not getting as much candy as I thought I was gonna get get out of here then we're here enjoying the parade you know just play and have fun it's that simple you know my wife's name is nancy and she's very positive (laughs) so i i don't know i i'm being kind of hard on these folks because i just think it just gets freaking old it just gets old you know it's like it's fun it's neat we never had an experience like this in d1 where you could go to the tower or look at the director and say oh look what the community's doing Look at what the community's doing. This is cool. And in the process of doing it, I'm getting guns like left and right. This is awesome. But instead, we got to hear from people like, well, they're not showing us the goals because you know they're going to change it, right? I mean, it's not really failable. You know that, right? You know that it's not really failable. Okay. Great. Go ruin another party. You know, that's what you're doing. <laughs> well, actually, listen, it's the actually, you know. Zachary Law. What do you think the secret triumph is in the savior title? I have no idea. Uh, it could, it's probably just related to finishing the, 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 the lighthouse. They don't want that, that, that text got data mine, right? But like, I think that they just, they don't want us to know that in concrete terms yet. And then that's when they'll, they'll release it. It's just when it's going to be finished. I would imagine that's what it is. Chronos the Tyrant. Do you think it would work? If the Nightfall 5 of Swords card to legendary activities, oh, added it to legendary activities, allowing you to adjust difficulty and modifiers. I mean, we've said things before about it'd be cool if you could go into public spaces and do this, okay? Um, However, there's a couple challenges here. If you you were to do this in other legendary activities, like Sundial um, or Strikes, 
It would have to affect the entire team's experience. Well, that doesn't work in matchmaking, does it? If I make myself, if I handicap myself in a strike or, or sundial and it's match made, it's not going to do it to the rest of the team. So they're not going to be, they're not going to be handicapped. So they're going to be killing everything really fast. So I could just play passive and sit back and hide and get whatever achievement or ever. You'd have to attach like an increased drop rate or some sort of loot or some sort of triumph attached to this, right? So it'd have to be a non-match made content. You'd have to really, you have to limit it to non-match made content, whether it's a raid or legend sundial. And at that point, I just don't know if Bungie's created good aspirational content loops and and a loot dropping system to even warrant doing that. And a voting system? I just don't think we need a voting system. I just think they need good difficulty spectrum. So that as you level up, you go into the harder content, and as other people level up, they're also going into the harder content, and they're there to play. They're, they're there to be played with. And the harder content just has a, has a reward structure in line with what you're doing. At the present time, Bungie is creating seasonal hobbyist content, and difficulty spectrum and capstone content and aspirational content is just not... It's just not in the... It's not on the docket. And so I get that people are looking at things like Legend Sundial and other things and being disappointed. I gave my criticisms of Legendary Sundial, but I also kind of said, this is $10 seasonal content. It's there to it's there to kind of get us through droughts and have something to do and something to chase. And hardcore aspirational content, or as you're saying, a five of swords that allows you to change the delta of something. I just don't see them being able to roll that out. Because if you did it, There'd have to be other people doing it to matchmake with you, which would make you sit in orbit for forever. Same thing with the Flashpoint when we said, oh, you could make the Flashpoint public space. Let me go into a heroic version of the public space. Well, you'd have to basically hope that other people were doing that or you'd be standing around the public space with nobody else there. Or you'd be in the public space with the Blueberry who didn't turn on the heroic version and he's one-shotting all the ads and he becomes a hero to you. You can just hide and let him do all the work. It would have to be synergized so that you're not having somebody save you or standing around doing nothing because nobody's there. It's, it's, I, I don't dislike the idea. I just don't think that there's a, a, a proper way to do this at the, at this current time because everything is peer to peer and instancing, right? Everything is what well, you connect to another person and you're all there together. And I, I can't, I can't see that, uh, can't see that being possible at the moment. Um, the console would run at 5ps if it was raining not true oh no that's 100% true um, the rain on titan causes frame drops on a strong PC and all of the environmental effects in the garden of salvation final fight and all of the environmental effects at the siege engine fight in destiny 1 wrath of the machine every single time they do that um, they add those environmental effects or rain and stuff it, it really really hurts frame rate especially on console uh, that's a that's a provable um, that's a provable thing. It's not hard to prove that. You go into certain sots and you can really really see the frames drop. Uh, Remorse ninety one. What unique weapon would you have liked to see Inotam drop if they had gone that route, uh, like a master version based on the Triumph language? Here's the thing, because if if our theory is correct and Inotam is here for the rest of the season because you actually can get the triumphs, the, if you did let's say you didn't get the triumph from the solar sundial boss like you skip that week or something um you can still get those triumphs by running in a tam because you actually fight all three of those sundial bosses in the in a tam fight so if you haven't gotten all the triumphs don't worry you can get them this week i think he's here for the duration i think he's i think he has changed the sundial he's like 
the undying mind, but way cooler. I think now, when you run Sundial, he's the boss for the duration of the season. If that's true, okay, given that reality, if that's the, if that's what they're going to do for the remainder of the season, I think it would have been a really smart move to have him dropping something unique that that you, it could have been random roll and it could have been a really high drop rate chance. You also could have given a guaranteed drop rate in Legend because then a lot of us would have been like, hey, let's run Legend. It's a guaranteed drop rate. It's not harder. It doesn't take longer. It's just kind of un- it's, it's just kind of annoying. And then if you run the match made version, he could have like a fifty percent drop rate. So nobody could claim, um, nobody could claim like, oh, I didn't have a chance to get it. You know, you you would have a you'd have a really really healthy drop rate in there. I think sometimes we get caught up into the like woulda shoulda coulda moments, but I really think like Undying Mine could have had a huge high drop rate of the Amago loop, and people would have freaking loved that, uh, you know, and and shrink the potential rolls so it doesn't, you know what I'm saying? You know how they did that with a raid? If you look at the raid guns on a, on a website like Light GG that shows you all the potential rolls, it shows you that they shrunk the perk pool on the raid guns so that your likelihood of getting a good or a god roll goes up. You can do the same thing here. You know, I don't think having him drop the flare mantle or whatever, but they could have done flare class items so that Titans and Morlocks could have gotten something cool too. Even even that, you wouldn't even need to worry about random rolls, right? As long as you get one of every affinity, you're done because class items don't have a- a- any perks on them. Um, that could have been another. That could have been another thing they they uh, could have attempted to do instead of instead of nothing. Um, so, and this is just a learning experience for Bungie. Like, they definitely didn't make the same mistakes they made with Undying Mind. This is way cooler as a change and a shift. And they're giving you, like, an extra reward now at the end. When, you know, when you when you pull things out. I think giving him a gun or a sword or something. Um, they could have a sword. And, like, at the bottom, they could have had, like, the three flare colors coming off of it. And the sword could have been a... I don't know. It could have had Arc Solar and Void always, no matter what. That's it. That wouldn't have been that god tier. You know, that would have been that. That would not have been that god tier. It would have been like, oh yeah. It's. I mean, how often are you really going to be like, dude? This sword. This sword has all three. You know, elements on it. Um, and then you're. And then the the, the margin, right? The margin of of rolls on a sword is pretty small. That, so it wouldn't have been like I didn't get a god roll sword, you know? Yeah, come on, you you got one. Um, the content wasn't created before they learned their lessons with Undying Mind. Godric, I do think they would have had time to do what I'm saying: create an item that can drop from the boss. I'm not asking for much. You, this guy, this guy was designed. This fight was designed, and you heard the t- you heard our feedback after Undying Mind. Bungie could have created something. Come on, man. They could have created a, a gun or an item or a class item or something to have him dropping. I don't know. I killed him earlier today and a prime engram popped out of him and a blue engram popped out of him and a purple engram popped out of him. And it was obviously just a bunch of junk. And I was like, man, that was such an exciting brief millisecond of, oh, he dropped stuff. But then I deep down know, like, nah, none of it matters. You know, that's this is related to my weapon bounty video that hit just today. Weapon boons. Grabbing a weapon boon that increases the likelihood of that weapon dropping from strike bosses. You get to have that experience again of of a strike boss dying and something popping out of them. You know? PX... 
Plusher, how can Bungie balance seasonal activities, staggered content releases, and cool boss drops? Inatam would have been perfect for cool class item drops. This is really related to what we just talked about, and I talked about this in the video. I basically said Bungie could consider, like from a logistical standpoint, the first four weeks could be a setup month. So every season they could say, okay, month one is the setup month. So in month one, we roll out all the different bosses and we roll out all the different difficulties. And then months two and three are the grind months. So now that this is out, everybody knows how it works. Everybody knows who the bosses are and what the challenges are and what the difficulty settings are. Now you have two months to get in there and grind. More than likely, Bungie's going to be gun-shy to do that because they don't want a significant percentage of the community, because I think there would be a pretty significant percentage, that would be sort of saying near the end of the season, I didn't get high enough to do the hardest version. I didn't get high enough to play the harder version a lot, so I didn't get any good guns. They don't want anybody ending the season on a sour note. That's why this season's ending with Empyrean Foundation. You are literally going to be drowning in weapons. I think that's what they want. You're like, dude, that was awesome. Yeah, I'll buy next season. But if, you know, if 25 to 30%, 40%, if a sizable amount of the community, let's just say 20, okay? 20% of the community ends a season feeling like I didn't get strong enough to do the hard stuff. I didn't get any of that cool stuff. And then the seasonal content rotates out and there's new stuff on the way. That's 20% of your audience that suddenly feels like, I don't know if I want to buy the seasonal content. You know, that, that exclusive loot, I didn't get it. They're a business at the end of the day. So if 20% of your purchasing audience determines that they didn't get as much value out of the seasons they wanted, and now they're less likely to purchase the next season, you're going to have a real serious problem on your hands. Because now you got a smaller pool of players, and you got less people playing, and you got less people buying Eververse, you got less people in the matchmaking hoppers, you, know, you got all these, all these numbers going down. I think... I think that's a potential danger. Bungie's maintaining a very healthy player base right now. Overall, yesterday it was real close to a million. 950,000 people played yesterday. 860,000 played PvE. So PvE is still very strong. We made it all the way to February before we were consistently dropping out of a million PvE players a day. That's unheard of. And I don't think they want... They don't want that to go down in purchase and in daily engaged player base because they end a season feeling like there was so much stuff out of my reach even if it's just a couple of guns and I know people are like well that's casualifying we're making the game for casuals no I don't think so the number of the number of weeks and, and hours it took to grind the obelisks, the number of hours and weeks it took to get god rolls I'm still getting god rolls now because of the because of the Empyrean Foundation it, it was not casual. I did not clock casual hours the last two months. I didn't. And I got a lot of stuff. So if you're a casual, you're way behind me on the season pass, on the artifact, on the obelisks, on the god roll grind. You are way behind me. So nobody can say that the current structure is casual. I'm just saying Bungie would probably look at these suggestions and say, we don't want there to be a situation where somebody ends the season and feels like, I didn't get to go into the harder stuff. I didn't get to go chase those guns. That's why I said, I don't know what video it was. I talked about aspirational content and aspirational loot is the big challenge right now. So extra perks are a good idea. High drop rates of really good curated roles is a good idea. Um, 
ornaments for the guns is a really cool idea. So the harder content could have things that are maybe a little bit more decorative, a little bit more vanity in their bent, or that extra perk, it's not a game breaker. You've got to push on this very softly or you're going to tick people off. Because if all of a sudden there was a Master Sundial, and in Master Sundial, there was a chance for ornaments to drop for the guns... Maybe if you're using them or something, right? Use it, dur- use it during the boss fight. Like, have it equipped, and there's a high likelihood of you getting an ornament for the, for the scout rifle or something. And then you could have, um, when you're pulling the, the guns out or killing the boss, there's a high likelihood of, of that gun dropping with a curated roll with an extra perk, and it's fully masterworked, okay? Now, a casual player might look at that and be like, well, that's cool, but I don't need that. I can get the gun in normal. And you're looking at it thinking, no way, dude. This is a better version. It's adept, extra perks, fully fully mastered, fully curated, whatever. And I got the ornament. I, It just, they've got to push on that lightly or they're going to shove people away. And that's exactly what they did with Black Armory, Drifter, and Opulence. The leveling and the infusion cost was this summit and this hill to get up and over. And they, it really was like a stiff arm to players returning. They would come back and they're like, I play a little bit more casually, but I love the game. And it was like this giant stiff arm. So every season was like, whoa, everybody's coming back to check it out. And then boom, it would plummet the next week because folks were like, I, I, I don't want to level like this. This is too painful. This is too slow. At the end of the day, they're a business and they want people to buy the season and feel satisfaction in that season. And I think you, there's, there is a, there's a significant amount of risk. There's a significant amount of risk in creating seasonal content that has an aspirational level that's tough, that also has aspirational level loot in it. As soon as you do that, it's very, very risky. I'm not saying I don't want it. I do. I'm just being real and saying that Bungie's probably going to look at that equation and say, that's not a good idea. Because if a percentage of the community ends on a sour note, that's a percentage of the community that's unlikely to buy next season. The hardcore community, however, is... You're pr- we're, we're pretty tried and true <laughs> we're going to see a trailer we're going to see a video, we're going to see new loot and we're going to buy, we're hooked and they know it, it's the people that, that that would be maybe a little more shrugged shouldered if they had a bad ending to the season it's those folks that I think Bungie would be more concerned about, is that the right decision is that lame, are they ignoring you is that unfair I, I don't know <laughs> I don't know it, it, they're a business maximizing purchases is part of their goal maximizing saturation of, of, of purchases on season and maintaining player base numbers is vital to their success in future so they kind of have to protect those interests or they're not going to be making any more destiny <laughs> like they'll start to bleed and hemorrhage players and, and, and not make and not be profitable I'm not saying that would happen just because they create aspirational content but it could start to snowball on them it could it could really start to snowball on them, um, so it, it, for ten dollars every three months, I don't think we should expect high end game aspirational content or loot. And I don't know if we're gonna get it. I I, I I want it, I miss it, and I think there's a need for it, but I just don't know if we're gonna get it because the the substance of the content is is largely I think in more of a mid lane. Um. The Angry Texan says, Do you believe that Bungie will be better at content creation as we get deeper into the seasonal structure than the game is right now? I think there's going to be a natural substance elevation like every season because they've had more time to work on whatever's awaiting us in a month. They've had more time to work on it. Whatever's being built for the summer, 
they've had more time to work on it. So I think each season will go up in substance. If you if you go to Shadowkeep and you just rip out Season of the Undying, it was really thin. And then this season's a little bit bigger. And I think next season will be a little bit bigger. As far as like, are they going to get better at content creation? The hope that I have right now is that if Bungie is as profitable as we're hearing from some of these reports about Eververse and stuff, and the player saturation looks really strong, if if in fact that that is a holding pattern and that's that's they're maintaining good revenue stream, I would hope they could either outsource and get some help to make more stuff or to you know I don't know if Vicarious Visions would work with them because they're owned by Activision, but you know get VV to build a raid or something or expand expand some of your teams. Um, bolster the live team so they can maintain and support the game a little bit more like in the Rise of Iron era uh, if if they if they if they are in fact experiencing like a profitable uh, a profitable time um, then I would hope that could potentially be the result they could either start outsourcing or expanding so that whatever lands in September and beyond could be beefier because I would imagine they're going to do this again they're going to do another September drop and another seasonal pass format and it could be notably beefier we would be saying in you know November December wow this is a lot more than season of dawn was this is so much better you would hope there would be some marked um, some marked improvement and increases in substance but at the end of the day they're still building in tiger and they still have technological limitations of what they can add and have to take out every season because the game is getting very full. I do think, I do think, we're going to have to become accustomed and and prepare for more assets being repurposed, whether it's Escalation Protocol, the Blind Well, all the forges from Black Armory, Reckoning, and Menagerie. If I would imagine, there's a time where those are going to get repurposed and get some new paint, you know, new coat of paint. There is so there is so much stuff in this game that will just slowly become a become a barren wasteland of no activity, and I think Bungie already laid the groundwork to reuse the forges by making them match made from orbit, and there's one forge a day. I think they're already I think they're already doing that. They they're they've adjusted EP's armor stuff. I think they're already laying some groundwork to repurpose some of that stuff. It likely will have to be free. Just how there's like a seasonal line that's free that 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 top lane of the seasonal pass is free i would imagine bungie could say every season's 10 bucks you get a new activity you get the season pass paid stuff and then there's a free sort of update to an existing activity loot pool thing um i think that would pair there'd be really good parity there because new players could come in and be like oh i get stuff just for playing oh and this activity that was basically dead a month ago is now getting a free update and lots of players are in here they're playing they're grinding they're getting stuff and they're constantly going this is this is why Bungie was so smart with the way they set this up every time they come to this season pass and they're getting a free reward they're constantly seeing what they could get if they spend some money down here cool stuff right shaders emblems uh, armor pieces, ornaments. Do you see what I'm saying? Like Bungie was really smart in 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 the new the new player funnel is is actually not great because like the campaign and stuff is structured really strangely and it's not super accessible. But if they're grinding and playing and that season pass is moving, they're really incentivized to be like, well, I'll spend ten bucks, I get to go into this new activity, and then I get all this cool stuff on the season pass. So 
I think there's a really good sort of harmonious nature to saying let's have a free track on the season pass and a free update to some activity and then we have the paid track on the season pass and then we have a paid activity they kind of did that with the obelisks the obelisks were free to everybody you could grind them get some of the frames and then you were interacting with them in a way that kind of promoted saying dude why wouldn't you buy the season pass and go run sundial look at all these cool weapons you're leveling up the season pass anyway you're getting stuff from the season pass you're not getting all the stuff from the season pass and it's ten dollars like real real easy entry point for purchase i happen to think a lot of what i just said is one of the reasons the player base numbers have been more stable in pve specifically because I think new players are coming in and having that experience. They're like, this isn't so bad, dude. I'm getting stuff all the time. One of the things people complain about all the time as a veteran player are these engrams up here. I got news for you. These fond memories engrams are great for new players. They're getting all kind of flashy, cool stuff just for playing. They're getting this cool. Th- they're getting this sparrow, man. That's a cool sparrow. You know, you're like, I've got like 10 of those, Lono. Yeah, well, a new player is like, that's pretty dope. That's 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 pretty cool little sparrow there. That's a pretty cool ship. That's a pretty cool ghost. So this this stuff is I think really really helping new player uh, new player acquisition, and you know for the for the no dupe protect I do I don't know if they I I've not had that experience. I have been getting new items from these that I didn't have before. Um, it would be nice though to know that you could polish off these remaining ships. Um, if you're getting ships down here that you already have, and there's one up here in this exotic bunch you don't have yet, Bungie should maybe go in and give some preferential treatment to that and say, hey, you know, don't give this guy his seventh, you know, Cola Mauler ship. Give him, give him Saint's Grey Pigeon. I actually think there is due protect because I've not gotten any of those ships down there and I got the Grey Pigeon like right away this season. Are you sure there's no due protection? I thought there was. I don't know. I think there is. Now, I kept getting the same sparrow, but that's because I have all the sparrows. I kept getting this one over and over and over again, but I'm fairly certain that's because I have literally every sparrow that's here. I'd have to go check. It'd be cool if I could literally highlight these and see if I own them or not. Um, 100% no dupe protection, people are saying. I got dupes nonstop. Well, you're going to get dupes if... Well, I guess you, you shouldn't get a sparrow at all if you're missing any of the emotes already added in collection yeah so i have all of these look at all the emotes they already say already in collection there is due protection i would love i would love for bungie to speak um maybe speak clearly to this um because i can't it, I, I wish they all had that red bar that said already in collections because they don't all say that it's not you can't easily for the ghost projections and the emotes you can i have all the ghost projections and all the emotes but for the ships and the ornaments and stuff ornaments i already have all the ornaments all added to collection yeah if you want to see you can you can get a snapshot of some of these uh the ships and stuff don't show you though unfortunately it'd be cool if they did um buy loot boxes to test it there's due protection suggestion not prevention yeah i think it's like propensity they try and give you a propensity to new items and a propensity away from uh, duplicate items. In any case, we're getting off on a bit of a, a, a bit of a red herring tangent here. Um, I would I would say that the way they've set it up is is really good for new player acquisition, and to go back into repurpose old content would be good. Awkward Cheesecake says, "What are the best sundial weapons and god rolls to grind for before the season ends?" Um, 
I would probably tell you to either look for a video or ask chat. I'm not going to go through every weapon and every god roll, but I'll tell you one of my favorite ones, and then I'm going to move on. I'll tell you two of my favorite ones. I love Martyr's Retribution with auto-loading and Demolitionist. It feels really, really cool. I run it with a quick access sling because you're swapping weapons pretty fast. I pull it out and it's ready to shoot because of auto-loading. And I get a nice line because, again, this is a waveframe grenade launcher. It puts like a line of solar on the ground. And I get like four or five guys. That's great for grenade energy. I can shoot one, then throw a grenade. Demolitionist, when you throw a grenade, reloads it. So I can shoot one, throw a grenade, shoot another one. So you can output a lot of damage really quickly with this gun. And the second shot that goes out, if it's getting a bunch of kills, Demolitionist, you know, you get four or five guys, that'll really feed your grenade. And you put it away, you know, you get 30 or 40, maybe 50% of your grenade um, grenade damage. Um, this is a really fun build. I always pull it out. And it's, I love auto-loading on, on grenade launchers like this, and I love auto-loading on fusion rifles. You pull the gun out, it's ready to go. It's great. Because you're not using this as a primary, so auto-loading is really, really nice. Uh, so that's a really nice roll. The other roll that I really, really like, and I don't have it on me right now, is line in the sand with rapid hit and firing line. This gun's UI when you aim when you aim through the sight, and plus just the way that it looks, I think this is one of the sexiest guns not sexiest like non-exotics they've ever made i love this thing i think it looks so good i love the look of all the saint weapons and rapid hit along with firing line if arc burn and heavyweight are on this thing's a contender it'll output really really good damage because firing line boosts the damage rapid hit's going to be great to you know get it reloaded very quickly when you're landing crits on a boss i actually during arc heavyweight love this against the uh, the scions because it's at a good range it's not too hard to hit their head and the window of damage is so low I would get a couple shots on them and then I would kind of move on and, and go to get some punches it actually felt really really good anytime arc heavyweight was on now I know somebody's going to say well of course it feels good arc and heavyweight are on sure but because it's because it's do- because it does a good job I don't feel like I have to run anarchy or or wardcliff coil Especially in bombastic combat like that. I'm going to blow myself up with the explosive ones. Like, this thing um, has really, really good DPS uh, potential. And it's really fun. And I think it looks cool. So those are the two that I like to highlight that I really, really like. I think they're all great. Um, Painter of Lost Causes can get some great rolls. That's the Scout. And then the Steel Feather can get some great rolls. Just look up some of those rolls. You know, they're, I think they're, they're really, really, really good. They're good looking. They feel, they have a good feel. And they've got some cool rolls. They've got some newer perks with Osmosis and some of the others. Um, Dom D with a brand new Prime sub. Thank you. Enjoy the dope badge emotes and ad free viewing. I missed that one a little while ago. I don't have alerts during this scene. 21's from I Am Melee and Sniping Force. Right on the edge of that three year badge. 35 months of subs. Welcome back. Thank you guys. If you're new to the stream and you haven't clicked follow yet, a lot of new names in chat, a lot of, lot, lot of high viewership lately. People are very, very much taking an interest in Destiny content even at the lull. It's kind of a lull in the in the season. We're kind of coasting down. But a lot of people are showing up every day. I appreciate the support very, very much. This is like an interactive podcast. Uh, I was playing earlier. I don't really play during this segment, but I was playing earlier and we're having a constant back and forth and discussion. You can keep me on in the background at work or with kids around. It's a family friendly stream. So I appreciate everybody clicking follow. That's an easy way to support the channel. Uh, uh, Mojo says, has Bungie confirmed yet if we will no longer be able to donate once all seven targets are hit? This might change people's strategies if once the targets are met, the ability to donate or progress frames goes away. 
Um, I think that would be one of the worst things they could possibly do. Imagine you're at work and you've got all your Fractaline saved up and you can't wait to get home and donate and get all your guns and all your frames completed. And Bungie's like, well, sorry, everyone not presently playing. You hit the total, so you can't donate anymore. Like, they wouldn't do that. (laughs) It's a good question. It's a good question, but there is literally no way um, they would do that because that would make it to where if you were not actively doing the, the, the exact right moment, you'd have so many people being like, are you kidding me? I haven't had a chance to play this week. I got 20,000 Fractaline waiting for me. Are you freaking kidding me? They'll probably have it run all the way, all the way to the end of the season. There is, I, I, I would put money on it. There is absolutely no way they're going to do that. Um, that would be one of the worst, that would be one of the worst ways to end the season. That's not a celebration. Yay! We we hit the target, and because we hit the target, I didn't get to turn in my stuff and get loot. Good job, everybody. Yeah, man, good work. Y'all did great, and now I don't get to get my stuff. People will be so angry. <laughs> like, they're not going to buy the next season pass. They don't want to end on a sour note. Kind of kind of hand in hand with what I said earlier. I don't think they would do that. Um, it's a valid question. I think it's it's really unlikely they would do that to folks. You got to understand something. There's no dedicated servers. So Bungie can't go in and flip a switch and be like, well, they hit it. Boom. Now nobody can donate. They can't do that, by the way. There's no dedicated servers. Now you're like, oh, but they're updating a, uh, they're updating the, the director. Um, this is probably a lot easier. Like it's a hot fix. Like it's just a graphical update. Um, that's probably easier than literally disabling something in an NPC. So, I they, and some of that might be like planned. They know they know that they, they know the patterns we're gonna hit. Some of this stuff might already be loaded in. <laughs> I don't see that in your directory. You have to. Uh, you probably I think you have to do the first step, or you won't see it. So, good question. I think it's unlikely they would do that. I think it would tick a lot of people off. Jay says, after getting all the obelisks to level 11, does it matter how much Fractaline is, oh, how it's distributed? Can I have three at 11 and pump everything? Yeah, you can 100% do this. It does not matter. The resonance score of the tower is just going to keep going up. Um, so you dump it all in one, whichever your favorite one is. It, it truly doesn't matter. I'm kind of evenly distributing it out. So Tinker. In my opinion, shotguns need a nerf in PvP only. What do you think? Ah, I don't like questions like that. PXL Pusher. Cheaters aside, do you think Trials will land with the first weekend after it's been given this much focus in the community uh, challenge? I think they would probably stagger it like a raid a week or so. Um, The reason being a couple of things. One reason is me being hopeful. I hope they create a quest line hurdle so anybody who gets banned can't just jump back in the same weekend on a new account. Uh, I think they need to do three layers of protection. Number one, they need anti-cheat. I'm not going to talk about that right now, but they need anti-cheat. They need something that is not allowing you to even boot up the game if you're running cheating software. And if you are, maybe it detects it and it bans you in that instant. So people are getting bopped. 
on a more automatic level as opposed to a reactionary level. They're presently doing an, uh, a reactionary sort of banning if they get enough research on your account. Now, they could do good preventative things as a way to sort of be like, okay, this is this is more, not preventative, I'm sorry, more defensive. Requiring people to hit 950 power and do a quest that is a weekly thing where they check in with Osiris, do something very basic, and then come back next week. If they stagger that quest and make it last two weeks and require you to be 950, it's going to be really, really hard for cheaters to get back in. Because cheaters are going to get banned. They're going to have to make a new account. It's going to take them a couple of weeks to hit 950. Okay. Then once they hit 950, the quest unlocks. Then the quest is time-gated. So they got to run the quest. Then they got to run the quest again. And then they can jump into trials. If you got to wait a month before you can get back in, a lot of these cheaters would just be like, forget it, I'm not even going to play trials. Like, I'll just, you know, it's going to take too long to jump back in. Um, now, people might be like, oh my goodness, what about new players? You don't got to worry about new players. A brand new player should not be jumping into trials. Same reason they shouldn't be just jumping into a raid. It's endgame aspirational content. There should be a grind and a process whereby they're strong enough to go in. No harm, no foul to the, to the, to the new player. And no harm and no foul to the veteran player. The only people that would be hurt by that would be the cheating scum that we hope can get more permanence in their, in their bans and their, and their removal from the community. Because they'll, they'll burn the game to the ground if you let them. The cheaters will burn the game to the ground. They will cannibalize it. PvP's numbers going down are not just because the ritualistic weapon was too easy to get. It's not just because of skill-based matchmaking and, and, and team balancing. Those are happening. Veterans are taking a break because they don't like those things. But I'm telling you right now, cheaters on PC especially are cannibalizing the game. And I, and I think that you're going to continue to see it grow. It happens with all free-to-play games. And Destiny is free entry point, uh, which is a version of free-to-play. Um, so, the, the you said that the ritual weapon this season was easy or bad. It's really easy to get. So I'm saying, like, those are factors. They're not the factor, though. Ritual weapon was really easy to get and it wasn't that great. That's a factor. That's one of the reasons PvP numbers are going down. Skill-based matchmaking and team balancing is another reason that the crucible numbers are going down. You know? Also, the um the cheaters. It's all it's all I mean it's it's all related. I'm telling you right now, cheaters will burn the game to the ground. They'll they'll make it to where nobody wants to play Crucible on PC. So the Crucible numbers are going down fast. The daily engaged player base numbers have never dropped that fast. This is the fastest that I have ever seen Crucible drop. It's been very, very quick. Very sharp compared to the rest of the player base. Jinja 300. Do you think Bungie needs to approach curated roles differently? Instead of a curated being a god role, it could be something more like Wrath Weapons with synergistic perks. I touched on this yesterday, I think, in my... Um, my bounty video where I said going beyond a god roll and I said that <clears throat> I said something to the effect of we don't need a curated role to be a god roll and sometimes Bungie messes up the curated roles the curated lo- warden's law is is arguably dumb it's like it doesn't make any sense so yeah I, I actually think I might have said this I think I did having having a curated role where the perks interact with each other in a synergistic way and I think I referenced focus fire um, on the Genesis chain. 
this would be a good way to do aspirational content because aspirational content you could be like hey how did you get that 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 auto rifle from the sundial with that particular role oh i was running legend and it has a it has a chance to drop in legend and it's unique it's not best in class it's not god role it's unique it's i call this i've said this in a couple of my videos i call this the genesis chain effect the genesis chain is a memorable gun not because it was best in class not by a long shot it was an auto rifle it, you know i mean you know what i'm saying best in class weapons for pve were not auto like they weren't Sorry, they weren't Suros auto rifles. Um, but Genesis Chain is a memorable gun because it was unique. It had the synergistic perk. It had a focus firefly. Uh, three months of subs from Snavarette. Thank you. So if Bungie could recapture the Genesis Chain effect on curated rolls, on aspirational loot, no one could be like, well, this isn't fair. You know, this isn't fair. I can't get that. Well, find a team and matchmake and run legend for crying out loud it's not that hard to get people in there also Bungie could consider removing extinguish from legend sundial and adding matchmaking and then you could add those those aspirational rewards and it would be harder it would take longer you know 47 months from Cade my first sub ever he was the first person to push the button he knew my sub button was live before I did uh, thanks for being here, Cade. We're a month away from people being able to hit the sub button for four years. That is weird to say. Thank you, dude. Um, <clears throat> uh, ten dope points for the shirt. Oh, thanks. Um, so, I I agree. I think this is a, this is a great way to take curated roles. Would be to go uh, Genesis Chain Effect. Bro logs. Undying Mind to Time Shift and the story of Cabal attempting to manipulate the Red War outcome. Do you think Inotam will move us into Season 10 or the donation effort uh, was is the way to move into Season 10? The donation effort and Saint 14 are carrying us into next season. I don't think Inotam has anything to do with it. I think we are going to create a beacon and that's going to be the transition into next season, which is Trials not being the only activity but it'll certainly be a big it'll be a big announcement um the more i think about it i am going to do a video about this on the potential reality of prison of elders returning because it does say that data mine text says trials of osiris and more return there's not a whole lot that can return to destiny we we posited maybe factions we have a video about that and i think the only other significant pve activity that could quote return would be Prison of Elders, and they would pair really nicely with Trials. So, Squabus. Uh, what gameplay elements do you think Bungie could implement to Legend difficulty to actually make them feel fun and challenging? I often hear people say power deltas and modifiers add difficulty artificially, but rarely actually hear good suggestions as to what additions would make the difficulty in a way to feel genuine as opposed to artificial. I think mechanical pain is always more interesting. Uh, Light Eater Knights, having to throw more bombs at Vosik, having to kill more Servitors at Axis. Um, I don't know. You're requiring me to do more. You're not requiring me to stand in a well and face tank increased damage. Does that make sense? Like, we don't have a whole lot of choice. If you're going to turn up the dial of pain, damage output from the enemy, and increased pain from the enemy... I've got a real easy solution. I can just endure it. I just well 
and a bubble and I face tank the damage. I just stand there and get and get freaking flinched into tomorrow. But I remember the extra nights during totems. I remember the light eater nights. I remember having to kill more servitors and having to throw more bombs. I having to slam the plates. I think mechanical pain is always way more interesting because you're asking me to spin more plates, not face tank damage like an idiot. Does that make sense? So I'll give you an example. Inotam fight. Stand on plates. Yay, we've done this so many times. In normal, you could stand on the plates and take down Inotam shield. Ah, cool. Ah, in hard, you stand on the plates and it spawns a major and you kill the major and he drops a scorch cannon and the scorch cannon has to be used on Inotam to take his shield down. You just added mechanical pain. I gotta do something else. I gotta do something more than I had to before. I think that's more interesting than being like, the enemy's gonna throw more grenades, uh, you're gonna take more damage from Ark, uh, you're gonna get knocked back more, you're gonna take more damage, well, basically from everything, um, Solar Singe is gone, Brawler is gone, those are fun, no, those are gone, what? First of all, don't take away modifiers that make it fun, Brawler and Solar Singe make, make the sundial fun, I'm having fun! I'm not having fun when you take that away and you make the enemy stronger. It just isn't interesting. It's it feel it, I call it a meat grinder. It's just a meat grinder. It's like, hey, let's go, yay! <laughs> face tank, face tank, face tank, face tank. Yay, we did it. <laughs> we stood in wells 80% of the freaking time. Like, it isn't interesting. It just isn't interesting. Now I understand. I understand that with limited bandwidth. That's probably one of their easier play calls. It's just one of their easier play calls. Just make things stronger, add some modifiers. But I'm telling you that if they really... To answer your specific question, this may not be in the cards, but for something to be truly fun and challenging, you increase that pain point. Because when I rise to the occasion and I'm doming those stupid light eater knights, or I'm running multiple cannons in the middle because somebody died, and we're having to throw extra bombs, we're having to, we're having to pivot and scatter because somebody died, and we've got more... We have more mechanical requirements now. Just the extra knights that spawned at totems. It was just enough to add increased rhythmic pain though you had to be more aware of what was going on that is far more interesting than being like yeah so everything is stronger and the stuff that was fun is gone now great I'm really dude I'm signing up for that dude, heroic menagerie and, and, and master I'm sorry heroic menagerie and legend sundial are I think historically the worst examples of aspirational content they are the worst the best examples would be King's Fall going from normal to hard master level nightmare hunts for time trials and Age of Triumph challenges in the raids like Vault, like Atheon's challenge those are the best examples I can think of of aspirational content where the pain increased and it was satisfying to beat it the worst examples are Legend Sundial and Heroic Menagerie they are nothing but a face tank fest where you stand in a well, stand in a bubble, and can't move. It just isn't fun. It just isn't. You don't feel empowered. You don't feel like a god killer. You feel like a punching bag. And I just think Bungie's got to figure that out. 
and thankfully they didn't put anything super good in Legend Sundial. I've run it a whopping two times. I ran it when it launched, and I ran it for the Enotam Triumph, and I'm never touching it again. There's literally no reason to run it, and it isn't enjoyable content. So. And other people may may hear what I'm saying, and they may be like, well, Lono, I like that content. I have to play more reserved. I can't play fast and loose. I have to play slower. I gotta watch my corners. I gotta stand still and do this. Listen, that's great. If you like it, fine. I'm saying the crescendo of being a guardian is not standing in a well, afraid to move. I, I, that's not that's not the pinnacle performance of like we're really great. We have lots of great loot. What do we do? It's, it's just stand in the well. <laughs> just stand in the well. You know. Well, oh, what do we do here? Well, you're gonna want to run a good sniper rifle because there's these knights that come out that weren't there before. What do we do here? You really got to pay attention. You got to kill these guys really, really fast because you got to throw more bombs. You got to use more cannons. You got to slam these plates. You got to move over there. You got to shift your feet here. You got to kill this guy and get this thing from him because if we kill this guy and get this thing from him, we got to use it on the boss. That's increased mechanical pain and awareness, not freaking stand here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know sometimes people push back on what I'm saying. And they're like, yeah, but I mean, Lono, we, it's, it's a different way of playing. We go to play more reserved. And it's like, oh, come on. You know? Increased pain. Increased mechanical pain, I think, is the solution. And I know it's harder to make that. So I'm not saying this thinking that Bungie can do it in the present. I'm just thinking long-term in the future. If they want to create true aspirational content that really ratchets up what I'm required to do, I think it's better to cut the to cut the modifier nonsense where you turn me into a punching bag and give me more mechanical requirements. Give me more plates to spin. And stop taking away fun modifiers. At the very least, at the very least, Legend Sundial, you could leave in Singe and the and Brawler. Like, just leave them in there. Leave in Solar Singe and Brawler, whatever, whatever it is today. Just leave it in there. Please. Like, leave something in there that's fun. Right now, it's Solar Heavyweight. Oh, what a fun one. Mm, you can really hit them hard. And then it's gone. Like, at least leave it in there. At least leave the two fun ones. You're adding what is you're adding two. You're adding you're adding five terrible ones. Inatam's STD, Extinguish, Match Game, Locked Loadout, and Pestilence. You're adding five painful modifiers, and you can't leave me the two fun ones? Come on. Uh, Major Glory. How would you feel if wearing four out of five seasonal armor increased your chance to get a stronger role in seasonal armor? Um, I don't think this is needed. I, th- eh. No, I don't think this is needed. The, the, grinding for armor and good stats on armor is a vacancy and a needed pain point in the game right now. I don't think this is the solution. Requiring me to change my loadout in order to get good stats, like this feels like curated loadouts. I don't like that. Don't tell me what to run. I this I use the same filter and the same mindset when it comes to the champion modifiers. Allow me to put champion modifiers on all the primaries. Obviously, like, Unstoppable would be on Scouts, Bows, Hand Cannons, not everything. Anti-Barrier would be on Sidearms, SMGs, Auto Rifles. But let me put it on all of them. 
don't tell me for an entire season I have to use these weapons if I want to use champion modifiers. Don't Stop it. Stop telling me what I have to use. Empower me to use whatever I want and then incentivize. This is the difference, right? Incentivize. Oh, this week we have a modifier that makes bows and sidearms stronger against champions. You don't have to run a bow or a sidearm against the champions. You can if you want and you'll feel that benefit. You're incentivizing a change in my loadout. Now, you might push back and say, but Lono, this is an incentive. You don't have to do this. Well, no, not necessarily. If you're going for stronger stats on armor, you'd almost be an idiot to not do what you're saying. It's almost a requirement. Oh, you want to grind for good stats on armor? Well, you better put on all the new armor. Uh, You're going to mess up my entire build. I don't want to do that while I farm for better stuff. Take off my good stuff to get good stuff that's convoluted. You see what I'm saying? I don't dislike your ideas. The spirit of your idea is empowering a player to chase better stat rolls. I like your spirit, but I don't like your implementation. I, I don't want to be I don't want to have to completely change my loadout. I want to have my my ammo loader, my, my reloader, my reserves, my ammo finder. I want all that stuff to be ready to go and then I can go into hard content and try and get a good stat roll. Uh, th- th- there's, I think you would just create a content loop where I'm getting good stats. This is this would be a great thing to put into aspirational content, like I don't know, Legend Sundial. <laughs> we could have grabbed armor at the end instead of guns, and the stat propensity on that armor could have been pretty high. You would have seen people running Legend Sundial because they'd be going for God rolls, they'd be going for Void or whatever, whatever you know, whatever uh, elemental affinity that they're looking for. But they didn't do that, so. I, I do I like the spirit of what you're trying to achieve here because I do think that's a pain point for players right now is there's no good role there's no good pursuit for stats on armor there just isn't Cruxley plates seem to be the go-to mechanic right now in D2 why do you think Bungie doesn't utilize old mechanics like Chalice of Light from Crota's End or Devouring Essence from Prison of Elders like Skolos uh because it's seasonal content and they don't want to go too complex with it I think they could really bring back the Scorch Cannon Siva Charge Relic Era. I really do. I think they could bring some of that back. I know relics can get a little bit complicated because somebody could grab it and be a douche. Same with Siva Charges in the in the in the cannon. So that could get a little complicated in match made content. But um if they're gonna maintain extinguish and they're gonna maintain non-match made content, I think you could bring you could bring that. You could bring a scorch cannon, a, uh, a siva charge, a relic, a relic that does something specific, whether it shoots a beam or puts up a shield or any, you know anything like that. Um, I've always thought it would be cool to have a cabal boss that has visible physical armor that has to be blown off with with either siva charges or some sort of cabal cannon uh, as a prerequisite for damage or something. Um, I also would love a raid where you have to kill a major and you grab his phalanx shield, it's a special kind of phalanx shield, it's a relic, and you slam it on the ground, and it ching, 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 it like goes out like they do, and that like blocks you from their wave blast. Similar to using the shadows and war priest to hide from the wave blast. Stuff like that would be so cool. Um, I think raid fights are more memorable when we're not just dumping da- damage and ammo on the, on the boss's face. That's why I think Axis is memorable Oryx and Atheon are memorable because you're doing somebody has to do something that's not you do if I'm doing it in a strike I don't want to do the almost the exact same thing in a raid does that make sense like I'm going into a raid and I'm doing something completely different and I think that's where 
Garden of Salvation got a lot of things right, you're not just damage dumping on their face. You're just not. You know, the, the, the harpy goes shooting down the aisle and you're like trying to navigate with your friends and trying to snipe the eye and the, uh, the, the final boss, very small damage window, very small crit spot and you can use a mechanic in the raid and use mods that drop in the raid to maximize damage, the relay defender. Love that. That kind of brings back that spirit of Axis where you can use a mechanic and a thing in the room to maximize damage, like the plate slamming in Axis. So... I would definitely say that there's way more room to depart from stand here and damage dump and move more toward somebody's got to go grab that cannon. Somebody's got to grab some SIVA charges. Somebody's got to do this. Like the timing of the SIVA charge throws at Vosik. Do you remember that? That was really cool. That's fun. Um, I know that doesn't work in match made content, but man, I think you could recapture some of that. I really do. I think you could recapture a... Siva charge polarity. Oh, that'd have been so good. Oh, that'd have been so good for the Inatam fight. Stand on all three plates. Each plate spawns a different elemental Siva charge. Void, solar, and arc. And if you come close together, there's an elemental polarity that supercharges the balls and you throw them at him and you get way more damage. You don't have to do that, but it'd be a way to maximize the damage. It would have been cool, like, it would have been cool, a mechanical discovery or something. Similar to what you do in the Scourge fight, right? You get that you stand next to the right person and you get more damage. If you'd have brought in all of them together, it could have created this elemental polarity or something and it would have supercharged them and then you could have thrown them at the boss and gotten more damage. Um, I don't know. I, it's so easy to sideline ideas like that. Implementation, I think, is, is always more challenging. But when I go into a fight like that, I'm like, have me do something that I don't do everywhere else. Standing on a plate to get a guy's shield to come down and shooting him. I love the Inatam fight, so I'm not being overly critical here. I do like the fight, but standing on a plate to bring a shield down to, to, to damage him to a health gate... We've kind of done that, man. We've kind of done that. Whether it's Pyramidian or the the fight, there, there's a strike right now where you fight a Scion and do that. He's like floating in the room and you go down and shoot him and then he goes up, he shields, you stand on plates, you stand on the plates, the shield comes down, you damage him. If you don't kill him, he goes back up, right? We've done that a lot. And so I would really, really impress on them you put snowballs and strikes once, you know? You guys can put really cool relics in the room. You can. And you can... We, we can require us to use those. There was just something so cool. Remember that? I loved the Vosik opening. There was just something about picking that thing up, jumping, and just... Foom! Just... Foom! Just throwing those balls at the boss, man. I, there's just something about that. You're constantly shooting a a shotgun and, and, a, and a hand cannon and a grenade launcher. You're doing that everywhere. Let me do something, you know, even if it's something I have done before, like a scorch cannon or a receive charge, it doesn't matter. If the combat is different and varied, I think it's more memorable. Balatorn. Hey, Lono, do you think maybe uh, Bungie will release a raid based on the corridors, which is why they said legendary or higher? Also, why would a company not want crossplay? I'm not going back down the crossplay debate we were having a little bit ago uh, before Q&A. Um, you think they would release a raid based on corridors, which is why they said legendary or higher? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I think it was just dummy text that they put in there. 
in the init- in the initial conception of Sundial, they probably thought, "Hey, we we do we do adept um, hero, legend, and master everywhere else. We'll probably do the same thing with Sundial." So somebody probably typed up triumphs, and that concept shifted and changed, and the triumph just didn't get updated. <laughs> That's that's my sort of armchair like theory of like they probably just typed up the triumph in the initial conception of the content and you know build it and go back and change it. <laughs> I don't think they have a raid planned or a higher difficulty planned or anything. I think the triumph was literally kill him in legend or higher, and they were planning to release legend and maybe master was a question mark, and it just never happened. Killjoy mimic. What do you think about the new Apple gaming thing? It looks like a really cool service. I haven't been able to interact with it much. Uh, the Welsh Chucker. I'm sorry, have you already addressed this as I've just come into the stream, but do you see Bungie following the Sundial Menagerie-style activity for the next season? I actually don't think they will. Um, I think... I really do think that there's two very, very likely scenarios. I believe that factions come back and they play a part as your, they become your obelisk, right? You're going back and forth between them, and that's kind of your your source for loot grind in whatever the whatever the new PVE activity is. Or Prison of Elders comes back, and then that's not Chalice Sundial Menagerie driven. That's 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 a, an old piece of content that we haven't played in a long time. And people in general are like, oh no, not Prison of Elders. Listen, Prison of Elders got a bad rap. Because it landed, and everybody wanted a raid, and then when they brought Challenge of Elders, they did Challenge of Elders during a vacancy, right? During that April update. And it got a bad rap, because it landed when everybody was content-starved. Challenge of Elders and Prison of Elders was good PvE content. They could change things up each week with bosses. They could change the modifiers. It was bombastic combat. You were going into a small area. It was intense. It was it was a good iteration on the Horde style. It was good content. The Skolas fight is still one of the best boss fights they've ever designed. I believe that was because he was initially conceived to be a raid boss. Because there's an old picture of them saying that, you know, House of Wolves was going to have a raid called the Arena. There's a really old screenshot where they were going to call the raid for House of Wolves the Arena. And I believe that's what Skolas was designed for. And they changed it. I think Prison of Elders and Challenge of Elders gets bad rap, man. It was good content. It was. It was. And I think they could evolve it and, and learn. And they could implement a lot of the things they've learned from content like Menagerie and Reckoning and the Forges and Sundial and stuff. I think they could really, really bring a lot of good value to it. Johnny Cat. Assuming Trials comes back next season, do you think OP weapons, like the Recluse, will be locked behind Trials? As a less than average PvP player, I'm a little concerned. So you're concerned people are going to go flawless and they're going to get the god tier weapons. Um, My hope and one of my strong recommendations has been that Bungie would run Trials the way that it ran before Rise of Iron. Bounties and the bounties can have the weapons drop and then when you go flawless there's adept versions and the difference between a, uh, the di- difference between a god roll and a god roll that's also adept was marginal but it was enough to make it feel special if you went flawless and it was enough to drive people to want to go flawless um, that would be my push that would be my push so bulldog what if what if microsoft uh, is doing to corner the anywhere market. Oh, this was submitted when we were having that debate. I'm not answering that right now. Classic Hill. Do you see Bungie partnering with a larger company like Amazon or Microsoft? Why or why not? I believe that there is a potential future where we will see Microsoft working 
uh, with Bungie in some capacity. I don't know what capacity, but Phil Spencer is a huge Destiny fan. When they announced they were breaking with Activision, Phil Spencer replied very quickly. I believe that was planned. Guys like Phil Spencer are not just constantly sitting on their phone like, oh, no way. Bungie tweeted this crazy, awesome, industry-influencing announcement. I'll respond. No. His phrasing on the tweet was actually very interesting. He used the phrase, excited to work on one of my favorite franchises with one of my favorite developers. So he, he used the phrase, work on and work with phrasing there was very interesting also very recently he posted a picture of that mobile gaming device and it was playing destiny so i I definitely think there's something going on there there's something going on between bungie and microsoft that remains to be seen if not phil spencer's just a huge just a huge huge destiny fan and somebody at bungie just tapped him on the shoulder and said hey we got a big announcement we'd love it if you could kind of share in the celebration on twitter it could be as simple as that i happen to think that's not it i think there's more going on there and they yeah they partner with amazon because amazon owned twitch and they did the prime loot recently with twitch so ash and hollow Seems that nobody used or were interested in the Dawn mods. What are your take on why they didn't seem to land? Um, so they're not needed is a big, big reason. Um, his Twitter is full of Destiny testing xCloud at the moment. Yeah, come on, man. Put your tinfoil hats on. Something's going on there. Um, the Dawn mods, the Charge with Light mods. First and foremost, they are not needed. There's no content that's pressing in on you hard enough to that's not meeting a particular pain point. If there would have been something specific that happened in like, I don't know, like Legend Sundial, a, a particular pain point or, or modifier where suddenly Charge with Light was like a really strong answer and you could kind of feel powerful or cool or like you're meeting that pain point, then I could consider maybe people doing it. Uh, the other reason why, you, it's really costly. It costs a lot of energy. So you've really got to disrupt your loadout and your build. I primarily just go for doubling up on ammo reserves and ammo finders and stuff because I feel like that influences my playstyle way more. Like when I'm running a sword, I got tons of sword ammo. And then when I, I, and I'm using the one sword, the one sword modifier on my class item to give me super energy. And I'm constantly using my super energy on my finisher to generate heavy ammo. I'm just like, just feed me heavy most of the meat and potatoes content in Destiny, you just need lots of ammo. Like, just lots of... That's generally what you need. So, charge with light just doesn't ever feel necessary, and it feels really painful. Um, And then somebody... Eugene saying, they landed in PvP, they're also super good for solo content or running unique builds for triple shoddy. Right, and I think that's a good way to answer it. There's very narrow and niche reasons to run it, and I think that's why most people have ignored it. Ethan Kula. Do you think backup plan should be straight removed from the game? Huh? It essentially an exotic perk, plan C. Oh, shush. Uh, and is one of the main reasons why fusions are so powerful right now. Oh, stop it. Stop it. Stop. No. No. Fusions are fine. They're decent. And the Arental's making you rage out and overreact. You calm yourself down, sir. Fusions are not that great. They're not. They have had almost no presence in Destiny 2 since launch. Like, backup plan is not an issue. You're just, you're, you're, you're overreacting to a rental. That's it. You, you stop it. (laughs) Fusions are big. 
fusions are barely represented in the meta <laughs> come on they're barely represented they, I love fusions I've been pulling for them for a long time I really have um, I, I really really have fusions are, are are very very cool and futuristic feeling and they just don't feel like they're 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 good enough and then a rental's making everybody be like well they better nerf they gotta nerf fusions no leave fusions alone and rein in the rentals range by adjusting its cone spread that's all you've got to do like the cone spread on a rental needs to get, needs to have an exponential increase in its spread at a certain meter length so that it doesn't map people anymore they've got to adjust that like particular gun on its cone spread so that when it hits a certain meter of range it just really really starts to spread out it shouldn't be it just it's staying the, the cone is staying too tight for too long this essentially they're amazing in pvp I just I. <laughs> listen I feel like everyone hates everything in the crucible so I'm very very slow to be like yeah man fusions are a real problem in PvP I <laughs> so is Jotun so is Mindbenders so is Shoulder Charge so is everything apparently everything is a problem in the crucible so I guess either either nerf everything or I don't know. Learn to deal with it. I, again, a rental feels like it needs to be adjusted in a unique way with its cone spread. Outside of that, right? Outside of that, I feel like Mindbenders and Lord of Wolves are more prevalent in the Crucible than Fusions. But, I don't know. I think people zero in on stuff. They're like, oh my gosh, all I die to is this. And out of an entire game they'll die to it twice so <laughs> I don't know fusions are the meta right now somebody run the freaking numbers are they really like they've never been meta in crucible almost never they're suddenly they're suddenly meta they, it was always shotguns it was always shotguns and hand cannons I'm gonna look at gun. Where's the gun saturation reports? Frick, what website does that? I forget it. Listen, if if particular things need to be addressed, if particular you know guns or archetypes, um, you know are are causing problems, then okay, have them looked at. But I have never ever felt like there's this huge giant problem that. A cyberpunk puzzle adventure? That game That game looks pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I'm always super, super hesitant to buy into this. To buy into this idea that we need to nerf, uh, you know, fusions or something. You're absolutely right. I'm a PvP main who always plays all the time, and you're right. Those people are just whining. I can't remember the last time I was killed by an rental. I don't know. Shoddy is always mostly used. I feel like Mindbenders and Lord of Wolves probably get used way more than Fusions. Wilson. I'm just sick of stuff getting nerfed because people complain in Crucible. I'm freaking tired of it. Fusions are just now to a place in PvE where I feel like I can use them again and you're going to grind them into dust because you're sick of getting killed by the Arental. Like, I don't know. Just freaking get over it. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't want to be mean and dismiss it, but I'm just freaking tired of it, dude. I've had so many of my guns that I love turned into not great whether it was the freaking sleeper because of gambit 
I'm still angry about that. Uh, watch Cool Guy's YouTube video on a rental to understand why it's so good. Okay, I don't have an in-depth working knowledge about why the rental's so good. I'm just very, very quick to be like, pump the brakes on the nerf conversation, please. Because fusions have been completely worthless in PvE for ages, and they're finally good. There is no meta. The top 15 use weapons only account for 50% of the kills. Yeah, I don't know. I'm missing subs because I'm going off on tangents. Nine months from NVP 005, 38 months from Matchstick, based on impulse with two months. I missed a brand new sub. I am sorry about this. PvP offshot with a brand new sub. Enjoy the dope badge emotes and the ad-free viewing. Check the bot channel. Oh, okay. You did the you did the guns. Okay. So the top weapons are kinetic, spare rations, energy, Luna's howl, power, hammerhead. Uh, then we got the Revoker, Mindbenders, and Wardcliff. Then the Crimson, the Beloved, the Play of the Game. Then the Bygones, the Not Forgotten, and the Truth. Then the Dust Rock Blues. Here's the Arental, the Colony. The Last Word, Lord of Wolves, Roar of the Bear. Ace of Spades, the Recluse, uh, Pyroclastic Flow. I'm just going to read the kinetics and the energies now. Thorn, Jotun, Arbalist, Trust, Randy's Throwing Knife, Hardlight. Are you are, are are what what joke are we we are we entertaining right now? The top it's one, one out of the top twenty used primary or secondary weapons. One of them is a fusion. Just, just st- stop it. Um, uh, Wilson, am I the only one who doesn't see the new consumable to buy or raise your planetary resonance power? You probably have to do a little bit more of the quest. You got to go a certain length on the quest before it shows up. As far as I know. Jinja 300 hack theory if your speculation of stretch goals comes true do you think they could maybe drop season 10 teaser trailer early um I don't I don't know um it might not be stretch goals it actually feels more like this outer circle is that we're building something I could definitely see a bar filling on the outside here because of these hashtag lines but the more I look at it the more it looks like it's building something so we'll see when the next one hits um it does feel like there's a it does feel like there is a, a picture being built more than a container for stretch goals. Flying Mangoes. Would it be a good idea to have in-game cinematic showing off trials when the event is completed? Sort of how they had the cinematic at the beginning of the season. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I think stuff like that's cool. Little announcements in-game I think are smart. I love... The, do you guys remember how often we were saying that? That they should use the in-game announcements to let people know what's going on in the coming week and what's changing? They're doing that. Have you caught that? Every Friday there's an announcement. Every Tuesday there's an announcement. That's great. I, we, we, I've been saying that for a really long time, man. Start educating the player base on what the frick is going on. If they're not reading the Twitters and the twabs, it's hard for some players to know what is happening. You know, I love that they're doing that more now. I think it's such a smart move. I think the next thing they need to do is start rotating weapon frames and stuff on bounties on NPCs to give en- you know bounties uh, NPCs more life and then that weekly announcement could pop up and say here is they could literally have like the little pictures of all the NPCs and underneath them you could have all the guns that'd be another cool thing to be like the game is alive and every week you know something is uh, something is changing someone tell Lona how to pronounce a rental Arintel, Arental, Arintel, Earintel, Ear Infection, Ear Till I, Ear Till I, Till I Come Home, Jimmy Crack Corn and I Don't Care, um, Dizzy Dog. 
Sorry if you've addressed this before, it's a bit off topic, but with console desperately needing an update in terms of quality of life things like load times and new consoles on the horizon, which can allow for higher FPS and FOV, do you think Bungie can and will come full circle and port the PC version of the game to the next-gen consoles? It would really help the narrative for crossplay. I would say, um, I would actually, I would actually say they could probably have an easier time doing this on the Microsoft platform than the Sony because the Microsoft platform runs on Windows, so they could easily, I would think, I'm not a developer, but I feel like you could just kind of take it, it's running on Steam in Windows, and just blip, just kind of bring it over. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to oversimplify. I mean, obviously, they would probably have to go in and like limit resolution and stuff, um, but I don't think it needs to be ported. I think it already runs on the Microsoft platform. Steam is just the launcher. The executable is, is, is running on the, the Microsoft platforms. I would think, as a layman here, that would be a little bit easier than the PlayStation. Uh, the PlayStation, I would think it would need to be uh, ported. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that works. I know that they hired a company, pretty sure it was VV. VV ported Destiny to, to, to the PC, as far as I know. Um, the version you play on, on PC is different. Uh, than what runs on console. So, Dom D518, how do you feel about the new pay for tiers on the season pass, especially for new players, the free to play ask accounts? It feels like pay to win. Uh, uh, oh, I'm gonna get a nosebleed. I can feel it. I can feel. I can feel it, chat. It's coming. There is no pay to win in this game. That's not that is not a thing in Destiny. Pay to win is when you can go and buy something that is an advantageous weapon or source of power in a PvP environment. And there is nothing in the season pass that could be considered pay to win. It's pay to not play. It's a shortcut. You're gonna get the stuff from playing. That's it. The pay to win thing that people have tried, they've tried to ham fist that criticism into Destiny, it's absurd. It is absurd. There is no pay to win in this game. I, I, they would never get away with it. If anything, like, it's like someone walks into the house and like, I smell food. It must be bacon. And it's like, it's not, it's not bacon. We're, we're making hamburgers, right? Somebody walks into Destiny like, spending money, pay to win. Like, Bungie would never, ever get away with pay to win or pay for power, ever, because people literally smell. A microtransaction in Destiny, they're like, alright, I got my I got my bazooka ready. What is it? What? They can pay for season pass levels, not on my watch. And they completely blow it out of proportion. So we were told they were gonna start selling power in the Eververse, and they haven't after three or four years. If anything, they did everything they could to work against that. If you bought anything from Eververse prior to like Shadowkeep and you got armor prior to like the ornamental system they made sure the armor always dropped with a bad roll which is funny <laughs> but they were so so cautioning against the idea of buying power that they were literally giving you crap rolls on eververse armor which is one of the reasons they went to the ornamental system it's like if you buy it you can always use it you can always look cool i can always throw on the ornament from you know whatever season that i have stuff from eververse which is a greater that's a, that's a greater value transmission because you can take it with you everywhere so Next question. Haffy 
uh, 210. Off topic, but do you think streamers and content creators should be more careful when reporting on data mined information? Um, if this is because... I don't know what was said, but I guess people were saying that like MTash said people shouldn't have been making guides about the Empyrean Foundation because it wasn't out yet. I respectfully disagree with my friend MTash because Bungie put information in the TWAB. Bungie had a tweet that literally told people to dump their Fractaline into Planetary Obelisks before Tuesday when you would get Fractaline. Bungie's own advice and own stating of the procedure is why people did that. They dumped their Fractaline in and they went and grabbed their Fractaline from the Tower Obelisk. Now, the reason this is even being hinted at or or discussed is because people discovered you don't have to grab your Fractaline from the tower. You can leave it there and you can go run and do a bunch of other stuff and get more Fractaline, dump it into the planets, and then that amount they're going to give you goes up. Okay. Nobody's guides had any influence on that. The TWAB and the tweets indicated this was the approach. That approach is still true. That approach is still true. That is still the way to approach the thing. Invest in the planets, and that's going to increase Fractaline uh, from the tower. And if you do investment in the obelisks for the next couple of weeks, and you don't start contributing until the 18th, it is still mathematically true that that's going to maximize your contribution. Okay? The guides were not based on data mines. They were based on a TWAB and tweets from the official Bungie account. So anybody saying guides shouldn't have been made or whatever, they're, they're not correct logically it breaks down really quickly if the guides wouldn't have been made we still would have played tuesday went through the quest grabbed our fractaline and discovered oh if we wait it can go up nothing would have changed the guides didn't mislead anybody the guides are still accurate the guides are still a helpful axiom of truth of if you wait and invest in the planets it's going to raise resonance which will ultimately raise your your general contribution your total contribution if you wait until the 18th okay guides were not made off of data mines guides were not misleading people all the sideline criticisms that are coming out about you know people shouldn't be telling other people how to play nobody's doing that we're arguing from pure pragmatism here you don't have to do anything that we're saying to do these are merely axioms of mathematical truth if you do this you will maximize your contribution it is pure pragmatism all right nobody is telling anybody how to play nobody not glad not chevy not me anybody who's got any level of prominence in the directory is not telling folks how to play we're not being condescending we're having a good time and the guides were still aimed at doing the same thing and they're still they are still accurate there's one tweak that this week in particular you can wait and squeeze more out of that total from the residence that was discovered after the fact after i did it i ran through the quest and just grabbed it so <clears throat> the way lono is pushing the word axioms is making me feel toxic what do you mean it's an axiom an axiom. It's a, it's a truth statement. It's a principle. That's what. It, that, that's how the word is said and used. What are you talking about? Acid rabbits. Relieving, uh, reliving past last city battles through adventures is a good concept. Collect the lore book fully up. This is just you suggesting your idea. It's not really a question. Arcanist. Do you think... Uh, do you think that having a limited time event is essentially by god rolls for these seasonal weapons is okay because of the context of the event or do you think the reward structure should have been different? Um, I would say 
I would say it's a good way to end the season. I think it would have been cooler if it was tied to the activity a little bit more. Like, go in and see, like, a bunch of things drop from the boss instead of, like, doing it in the tower. But given how much you have to contribute, you kind of have to stand in the tower anyway. It kind of makes sense to do it in the tower and then and then move to the activity. would have been a little bit truncated. Lono thinks he is prominent. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Inject Inject arrogance into what I was saying. No, I'm not prominent at all. I'm I'm never at the top of the directory and I never have high viewership. Would you prefer false humility? Like me stating things that aren't true as some sense of false humility? Would you prefer that? Too many Christmas. Um so I I do think it'd be cooler if it was tied more to the event, but I don't know. I it it it's tied to it's tied to like a tower thing. Now in the future is there a way to basically say let's increase let's increase the amount of stuff people are getting at the end but do it in a way where they're also playing the content i think they could have done something like that i i do i think they could have done something like that but i think the way they structure this is fine you're grinding your bounties you're grinding your activities you're filling up a total you're dumping that total into the tower obelisk or the planetary ones and in doing so you're getting rewards it's a crescendo. I think it'll leave people with a cool feeling of like, I got a ton of stuff. You know, I got a ton of stuff. I think I think that people will I think people will think fondly on that. I do. I think they'll think fondly on it. And that's ultimately what they want. They want you to have a good memory of like the the season started top heavy and it's really like stuff's happening, stuff's dropping, you get more stuff on the front end of the season pass, and the back end of the end of the season is a similar feeling. Uh, people that joined later, 100% playing Sundial to grind Fractaline. Oh, yeah. Uh, yo, 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 boy, Flower. Does next season seem like a PvP will be the main focus and still PvE with some emphasis on PvP? I mean, I don't think they're going to do a Drifter season, but I don't think they're going to do a, a Shaxx season, right? It's not going to be all PvP. <laughs> it isn't. Uh, but uh, Trials is going to be a pretty big piece of it. It's going to be Trials and then there'll be a PvE activity. There is literally no way after what they learned about Drifter, they're going to double down and be like, I got it, guys. Picture this. A season that is only about trials. What do you think? There's no way they would do that. <laughs> there is simply no way. Because Drifter, they, I think they've even passively admitted that in certain instances. I think, I think Luke conceded that in his director's cut that like Drifter was a low point. And it wasn't a favorite, and it, it was a, it was a criticized season, and that was when he talked about uh, parallel development and placing multiple uh, bets at once. Homicidal chaos. How do you feel about standing at the tower obelisk for an hour to donate a hundred fractalane at a time? Um, I don't know. I, I've I already addressed this a little bit ago. It could have been a little bit more tied to the activity, but I think it's fine. I think people are going to more probably remember the amount of guns they're getting more than anything. Astrover, is the Tower Obelisk less satisfying or more satisfying way to farm for weapons? You guys are all asking the same questions back to back. That was clearly a discussion that was probably happening in chat that sparked questions. So I'm going to go to the next question. Uh, Remorse, do you think the ritual weapons continually being easy to get is a sign they're phasing them out? Yes. Yes. Or bring the Genesis chain effect bring the genesis chain effect bring synergistic perks unique perks that aren't super super powerful but make the gun cool like oh this this season vanguard's got a shotgun that you know i don't know does something that you know is synergistic the perks play together uh you know i don't know 
grave barrel or something. So grave robber and trench barrel are combined into one perk or something. I don't, I don't freaking know. Like Genesis chain effect would be a good way to make ritual weapons cool, but not. We don't need more recluse in mountaintop. Um, they're suppo- that's kind of how they were supposed to land in the game. Like the Python, the Python I think is a decent example. Let's look at it for the sake of the discussion that we're having right now. Um, the Python has one two punch, shield disorient, overflow, feeding frenzy. I I don't necessarily think I see what you're saying here. I don't I don't th- I think this is definitely a great weapon, but I don't think this is what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about the synergy between outlaw and I can't think of the perk now on the red dricks I it's gone it left my brain um cowboy is the only thing I can think of and I know that's not right desperado <laughs> desperado uh, <laughs> everybody in chat's a desperado raid. All I could think of was cowboy. I was like, I know that's not right. It's a, it's a, it's a word that makes me think of cowboys. I swear. Um, <laughs> great, great train of thought, Lono. Outlaw and desperado. The way they interchange, the way they synergize. I want to see that. Um, so swash and one two punch. Um, yeah, maybe something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, the yeehaw perk. <laughs> The yeehaw perk, chat. The yeehaw. Um, Pooty, that, uh, oh, come on. You guys can't put that in the Q&A. I would like to know your thoughts on exotics being easier to obtain now. Do you think most hardcore players enjoyed the chase rather than having exotics handed to them? Uh, Xenophage was not easy. Divinity was not easy. I believe there's room for all kinds of exotics. There's exotics like Whisper and Outbreak. There's exotics like Divinity and Xenophage. And then there's going to be exotics like the Symmetry and the Ariana's Vow. And there's going to be exotics like the Bastion and the Devil's Ruin. I believe there's a spectrum of exotic delivery, and I think it's fine to have a variety of all of them. uh, Sororus. Do you think they will add a a quest step where we'll have to do any Crucible bounty to get Trials back? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, John of Rothgar. Do you think with trials returning, they'll put catalysts in for the thorn and last word since those are almost iconic trials exotics? Pure speculation, but I don't know if they want to do anything to make the thorn or the last word any better than they are. Killjoy Mimic. What if they took our abilities away to make it challenging? If you're talking about endgame content, this does not make it challenging. You're going to make me feel weak. The crescendo of Destiny's power fantasy and content should not be one where I feel weak. It should be one where I have to do more or pay attention to more or spin more plates. If you turn me into a punching bag, if you make me feel weak, I think that that is a terrible endgame experience. It's one thing for enemies to be strong or tough to kill. It's another thing to be like, I don't have any abilities? What? Like, here you go. It's technically challenging. We're giving you what amounts to a toothbrush to scrub the floor with. Like, no, no. I don't want to have that experience. I don't think anybody wants that experience. Um, This isn't Dark Souls. Exactly, Dupless. (laughs) So, challenging me is not making me weak. Precisely. Make me spin more planes. I really do think, I think mechanical finesse pain is the ticket. Light Eater Knights. Increase night saturation at totems, slamming the plates at axis, throwing more SIVA charges, killing more servitors, like require us to do more mechanically as opposed to being like everything's strong and you are not. <laughs> I don't think that that's fun. 
And I think Contest Modifier is just enough of a dose of that. Everything has a sword on it. That's just enough of the, they're stronger, you're a little bit weaker. You got to kind of play on your toes, but it's not, it's not, I'm not a punching bag. I'm not tissue paper. Heroic Menagerie and Legend Sundial. I don't think, I don't feel like tissue paper and Legend Sundial. I did it, I did it in Heroic Menagerie. <clears throat> but I'm telling you, it, it needs to be fun. It needs to be engaging. Uh, what kind of quest do you like to see for trials? I don't have a strong opinion on this. Uh, Silent Death. Any chance that Bungie made Sages 4 through 7 the Imperium Ran Station quests uh, because they wanted to see how quickly? This is exactly what it is. The final, the final um, totals are going to be released after they kind of see what we what we're capable of they don't want to be like oh it's too high you'll never get it and they don't want to make it too low that we finish it in a week so they're 100 percent going to change the final ones in relation to how fast or slow we're progressing so that is plenty of questions if you're here and you've enjoyed this segment this is typically what i do on the channel i'm either playing and talking and going back and forth with you or doing a formulaic section here with q a if you like the style of content remember to click follow and turn on notifications i'm going to keep streaming and keep discussing things with you but i'm going to switch scenes here if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can always catch me live come in and hang out with us as always please like share and subscribe